We saw last week uh, on a few important reasons and ways of guarding our heart. That's what our talk, our talk for last week was. And one of the most encouraging things that has happened since, since the last time um, I was here talking to you is I've been hearing some really encouraging stories about how last week's talk has, has encouraged you inspired you and for some of you even convicted you and and I'm so happy about that that we can do this journey together but I want to share one thought with you when I was penning down my last week's talk guard your heart I really felt this the, the, the conversation about the heart the conversation about your heart the conversation about my heart is not a topic that can be or a conversation that can be just done away with in 30 minutes or so see if the Bible says that the heart uh, needs to be protected and guarded. And, and last week, as we saw, the heart is a source of everything. It's important that we know what we are guarding our hearts from. What are you guarding your heart from? Any answers you guys want to throw in the chat window? What are you guarding your heart from? In fact, if, you, if you're watching this with someone, why don't you ask this to the person who's sitting next to you or moving around next to you. Ask that person, what are you guarding your heart from? You know, when you learn to do life with people, whether it's in your close circles or your acquaintances or just some, some people that you know, uh, you would know this. And many of you would have see, seen this at some point where, uh, where, where the intentions of the, of the heart or the reactions of the heart kind of come out in, in ways that you did not expect. See, because a, a default human heart is one when wounded speaks, seeks to wound, when attacked seeks to lash back, and when offended seeks to pay back. Now, there can be many possible combinations and valid reasons and so on as to why we behave in that manner. But I want to share with you from my personal life about one particular area God has taught me and is, uh, I would say God is still teaching me to guard my heart from. My talk for this evening is called Enemy of the Heart. Can you say that with me or can you type that with me? The enemy of the heart. Some of you would have just waited for this moment to pass by. So I'm going to say this again. Can you say that with me? The enemy of the heart. Because I really want us to focus on what God wants us to speak to us. See, doctors, I, I read this article and, and this statement kind of really jumped out from that, from that, uh, that entire form that I was reading, it says, doctors believe that anger can harm the heart as much as smoking and high blood pressure do. The number one predictor in a cardiovascular disease, more important than cholesterol, is mismanaged anger. Can you believe that? I'm sure we can all think of that one friend or a person in the family who's always filled with rage and maybe prone to reacting in a harsh manner. And, and while I'm saying this, I, I hope you're not the person I'm talking to. But, but even if you are, I've got some news for you today. I believe there are a few key things God wants us 
to look into as we talk about the enemy of the heart called anger. Let's pray. God, I just want to thank you for this time. I pray, God, for every single person listening to this, watching this. God, we give our hearts into your, into your hands. Lord, we give this entire talk into your hands, Lord. I pray for clarity. I pray for the leading of your Holy Spirit through this time. And God, do what you do best in the hearts and the minds of people. Lord, every single person who needs to hear this, Lord, let them be attentive and take away every form of distraction. The alternate tabs that would be open, the notifications that would keep ringing, keep us away from all of those Discuss those distractions, Lord. In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. You know, the reason I'm setting this up for all of us, I believe we are on a journey of having some really important conversations about our soul and about our heart. And, and one of the things I just want to start off by telling you is every single person has experienced anger at some point of their life, right? Come on. If, in fact, if you've never experienced anger, can you just show of hands or just let us know in, in the chat window if you are the person? Because I'm sure there's not a single one of us who's never experienced the emotion of anger. So what is anger? Now, and I'm sure you would have read about it or we all have this preconceived ideas or notions about it. But, but anger is, is really a strong emotional reaction of displeasure often leading to plans of revenge or punishment. Now to simplify it, you know what starts with something that is not in accordance to your expectations leads and builds up to much worse if it's not handled or dealt with immediately. You know those, those, those spurts where, where you expect something from people or you expect something from certain situations and it does not happen and it either leaves you sad, it leaves you agitated or irritated and, and the, one of the most natural things you would do is resort to frustration or anger. Anybody been there, done that? Right? You know exactly what I'm talking about. But Jesus, in one of his most epic conversations, is talking or having these conversations with people and helping us know how we are to handle some situations when we are caught up in, in anger, hatred, bitterness, or even resentment. You know, there can be... Now, the conversation, the talk that I want to have with you, some of the things that, that I want to share with you today uh, are, are just looking at anger and how to deal or cope with anger. But I think... There's something, a deeper work that God is wanting to do in your heart when it, comes to the, when it comes to anger and how you handle life situations. See, there can be various episodes and life experiences that may trigger this emotion of anger. Some of it can be valid. Some of it is in your control. Some of the situations are not or will never be in your control. But when you give in to the emotion of anger, one thing that we all know happens is that it, it leads you to act or react in a way that you did not expect, right? If you really want to start dealing with this enemy of the heart, one of the, one of the ways how you can, can start is by acknowledging it. 
One of the ways how we can look at, at, at dealing with, with, the, with the struggle or the problem of anger is when we learn to acknowledge this emotion in our life. And one of the reasons why, why, why hatred, bitterness and resentment takes place in our hearts because we do not acknowledge the emotion of anger. I don't know if you've been there. Now, now, I spoke about some people who are so, so expressive about their anger, right? Now, as much as there are some people who are so expressive about how they feel and how they're not happy about certain situations, there are also some of you who have mastered the art of suppression. Come on, talk to me. You know who you are. Can I tell you something? I'm, 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 I fall under this category. For a long time, I, I was... I was I was in this segment where I had learned to master or I had learned to, to kind of, you know, play or deal with this, with this thing called uh, suppressing anger or suppressing your feelings or how you feel, you know. And I know exactly that some of you fall in either of these categories. But I know one thing for sure, like I said, all of us have experienced anger at some point of our life. And, and, and for those who have learned to suppress this, you have been doing this for so long, now the people around you do not even notice that about you. Forget about the people. You yourself don't even notice that you are, are, are suppressing some of these emotions in your, in your life and in your heart uh, that, that are these emotions of, of, uh, of bitterness, these emotions of hatred, these emotions of anger. See, if we agree that anger is something that is not healthy for your heart, both from a physical standpoint and from a spiritual standpoint, one of the first places, like I said, of guarding your heart from anger is to acknowledge the emotion. Because you cannot deal with something that you refuse to acknowledge. You guys need to hear this. You cannot deal with something that you refuse to acknowledge. You would know this if you, are, if, you, if you know that you have been addicted to anything and if you want to get over that addiction, the first thing that you need to do is acknowledge that there is a problem that you are battling, right? So until you, you kind of, you kind of, you don't acknowledge the problem of anger or you don't acknowledge this, this emotion of anger in your heart or in your life, we cannot start dealing with it the way God wants us to deal with anger, I want us to turn to Matthew chapter 5 where Jesus is particularly talking about this, this issue of anger. And, and again, I love the Bible because the basic problems of our life are mentioned over here. Some of the things like that we battle on a daily basis. I don't know how you guys are doing with lockdowns and, and handling irritation and frustration or anger. But, but if you've been in that place, tonight's talk is just tailor-made for you. So let's, let's look at Matthew chapter 5 and we're going to be reading from 21 to 24 and we're reading it from the Passion Translation and this is Jesus telling the people and this is what he says, you're familiar with the commandment that the older generation was taught, do not murder or you will be judged. But I am telling you, if you hold anger in your heart towards a fellow believer, you are subject to judgment. And whoever demeans and insults a fellow believer is answerable to the congregation. And whoever calls down curses upon a believer is in danger of being sent to a fiery hell. 
So then, if you are presenting a gift before the altar in the temple and suddenly you remember a quarrel you have with a fellow believer, leave your gift there. Can you guys say that with me or type it out in the chat? Come on, everybody, leave your gift there in front of the altar and go at once to apologize with the one who is offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present the gift. This is, this is some real stuff that Jesus is talking to us about. See, generally speaking, the crowds during the time of Jesus were aware of this, of this fact that murder is one of the extreme result of anger. I mean, even today we would, we would, we would agree to the statement that murder is one of the extreme results of anger. But Jesus is keen for you and me to know and understand this really well, that it's not just about getting angry, but holding on and building on to that emotion which gets things going really bad for us. See, the sooner we acknowledge the feeling of rage within us, the better we can handle and deal with it. The sooner we acknowledge the feeling of rage within us, the better we can handle and deal with it. Now, whether it's to do with the people who have let you down, caused you pain, hurt, or even some of the things in life that did not go well, all of this, or some of these feelings, leave you feeling, you feeling irritated or you feeling angry. But like I said, it's only when you acknowledge these things about you, you can move on to this next step that I want to share with you. Once you have learned to acknowledge the anger, the feeling of anger and the emotion of anger, we need to learn to analyze and confront the root causes of your anger. That's right, analyze and confront the root causes of your anger. I, I know from, I told you, I, I said that God is still teaching me this and, and it kind of, the level of teaching uh, just kind of went exponential when I got married. Uh, all the married people, you would, you would know how real this is. All the guys who are single, you, or, or if, you're, if you're dating somebody, you would still know or if you've just had these conversations or these heated arguments with your friends, you know how real things are and how, how soon things can get escalated in an argument. Have you been caught up in a moment where the conversation starts at point A and within no time it's an argument and, and you have no clue how you even reached that point where you're talking about something or you're, you're arguing about something that's got nothing to do with how the conversation even started. Anybody been there? If you're a married person, you'd be the first one to shoot your hand up, right? Like some of the conversations between Juhi and me, which have turned into arguments at, at some times, start at one point and then Without, us, without either of us even knowing, we, we end up talking about things that are totally irrelevant to the conversation. Can we be real? Right? It's, that's how life is. And I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I don't want those conversations to go off track. I don't want the, the discussions to go off track from what we are talking about. Just somehow it gets there. But one of the things that both of us are learning, and, and we are trying to put this into practice, is that we need to learn to analyze 
the way we speak. We need to learn to analyze the thoughts that we have. We need to learn to confront some of the things. Because if you go back to verse 24, this is what Jesus is saying. Leave your gift there in front of the altar and go at once. Can everybody say at once? At once to apologize with the one who is offended. Then after you have reconciled, come to the altar and present the gift. This is, I think, one of the most healthy and one of the most spiritual things Jesus is asking us to do. He's basically, if I have to paraphrase this, he's basically telling you and me, stop doing all those pseudo-spiritual stuff. When you show up for your gatherings, when you show up in conversations, when you show up in, in your friends, I mean, now you can just show up via Zoom or FaceTime or WhatsApp calls. But I'm talking about back in the days when we used to meet physically. Anybody misses that? Right? He's saying, stop doing all the pseudo-spiritual stuff with all of the hatred, the guilt, the anger, the fear still lingering in your heart. And get going with living an actual spiritual life. One of the most healthiest things we can do as Christ followers is to learn the language of healthy confrontation. I want to say that again. A language of healthy confrontation is something that's going to be so helpful in your spiritual life. Forget about spiritual life. A language of healthy confrontation is going to be helpful in your life. And write this down. Because this is, this is something when, I, when, I, when, I, when God spoke to me about this thought, when I wrote it down, I had to read it and read it again and read it again because that's the power of a healthy confrontation. Write this down, guys. A healthy confrontation kills the barriers in the relationship and not the relationship itself. I want to say that again. A healthy confrontation kills the barriers in the relationship and not the relationship itself. It always starts with self-confrontation. And it always starts with self-analyzing. The reasons why we feel the way we feel. The thoughts as to why we, feel, we think the way we think. I want to ask you this. Could your actions or your behavior patterns of, of the reasons you are angry affect your conversations? Something that you have been lingering on, something that has, been, something that has taken, taken place so many years back and you're still holding on to that thought. I wonder if you have taken our time to really self-reflect or self-analyze what are some of those reasons you feel the way you feel. Or I wonder if you have taken our time to not just confront, but confront in a healthy way. Whether it's, whether it's to do with a situation, whether it's to do with a set of people or, or that one individual. But a healthy confrontation is something that God expects out of you and me. And, and one of the, whatever the expressions, whatever the expressions, whatever the thoughts that have been bothering you and, and, and have been really killing you from inside, it is important that we learn the root cause of anger. It is important that we understand what is the root cause of the way you feel, the way you, uh, the way you feel, how you feel. It's important that you know that. As one of the greatest privileges that you and me have as, as Christ followers is our dependency on Jesus and his word helps us deal with the anger from its roots. I'm telling you, 
The emotion of anger is self-centered. While the scriptures help us become more God-centered. Anybody feeling it tonight? I want to say this so that it hits your heart really well. The emotion of anger is self-centered. While the scriptures and the word of God helps us become more God-centered. See, like I said sometime back, it's the application of the scriptures. Not just hearing, not just reading, but it's the application of the scriptures which is a game changer to handle your anger. I'll, I'll, I'll help you prove that. If you turn with me to Ephesians chapter 4 and if you read these two messages, we're going to read this from the message version. Ephesians 4, 26 and 27. This is what it says. Go ahead and be angry. You do well to be angry, but don't use anger as a fuel for revenge. And don't stay angry. Don't go to bed angry. Don't give the devil that kind of foothold in your life. Or oh, some of you are going to have some real conversations before you go to bed. I hope you do. I hope you can have those real healthy confrontational conversations with, with somebody who you have been offended with, with somebody you, who you think has offended you. But I love how real the Bible is. It doesn't say don't be angry at all. The first time I read this, I was like, how is this in the Bible? The Bible is actually, is, is this kind of promoting anger? When it says, go ahead and be angry. But I love how it says, don't go to bed angry and don't use anger as a fuel for revenge. I love that the Bible can associate with some of these little things in our life that can cause so much damage. Don't let anger build up to become a stronger desire of hate. Don't let anger build up to become a stronger desire of revenge. Don't let anger build up to become a stronger desire to do something wrong and you eventually end up sinning. You know, in the same context, while we're talking about how God's word can help us deal with anger and the root causes of it, if you turn with me for another passage, we're going to be reading James chapter 1 and these two verses where he's talking and he tells us, my dearest brothers, we are reading this from the Passion Translation, he says, my dearest brothers and sisters, take this to heart. I want you to say this with me, the scripture is, is, is on the screen right now, be quick to listen. Come on, be quick to listen, be slow to speak and be slow to become angry. For human anger is never a legitimate tool to promote God's righteous purpose. So this is why we abandon everything morally impure and all forms of wicked conduct. Instead, with a sensitive spirit, we absorb God's word, which has been implanted within our nature. For the word of life has power to continually deliver us. The word of God has a power to deliver you from your challenges of anger. And I want to tell you one of the things that I want to help you understand from these, two, uh, these, these three verses that we have read is I, I really hope, I really pray and I, I really hope that you get this order right in our life. If you look at verse 19, this is what it says. Quick to listen, slow to speak. Slow to become angry. Some of us have got this all messed up because sometimes we are quick to speak, quick to become angry and slow to listen. 
I, I want to tell you one of the ways you can do this is get this order right in your life. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. You have heard this. Some of you have grown up in, in, in Christian homes or in churches. You have heard this so many times, but it's time we put this into practice. Quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. This right here can solve many problems in your life. If you are just to apply this incredible truth of God in our daily conversations, our conversations and reactions would look so different. Well, you know, talking about applying the truth of God, this is one last principle that I want to share with you that has helped me in moments where I feel like giving into that emotion of anger and build on that, on that feeling. But this is where this truth hits me hard and hits me so well that I, I, I believe this is the game changer. When if you really want to deal with anger, which is the enemy of your heart. I want to talk to you, as we close out, I want to talk to you on the power of forgiveness. I want to talk to you on the power of forgiveness. See, the act of forgiving is one of the most liberating moments of your life. The decision to forgive sets you free from the bondage of regrets and resentments. See, it's basically canceling any moral debt that would be owed to you by someone because of their offensive behavior towards you. And when we forgive the person who has offended us or who has hurt us, we, we no longer hold the wrong that has been done to us. I want, to, I want you to hear that. When we forgive the person who has offended or hurt us, we no longer hold on to the wrong that has been done to us. Anger should always end up in forgiveness. I want you to write this down. Anger should always end up in forgiveness. And, and this, is, this is the hardest one to practice, guys. See, because it's, it, it's possible to acknowledge the anger and that emotion that you, that you feel within. It's possible to do that. Maybe it's even possible for you to analyze and, and, and have and confront the person uh, for the way they have made you feel. But if you really want a home run, if you really want to knock this out of the park and, and kill this enemy of the heart once and for all, or rather on a, on a continuous basis, we need to model forgiveness. We really need to model forgiveness. Now, I don't know what are the areas in your life that God is challenging you tonight to model forgiveness. If, you've, if you have acknowledged certain things in your life, if you have, if you have analyzed and, uh, and are ready to confront and, uh, in a healthy way, I also want you to know that forgiveness is as much as important in this entire deal. But maybe forgiving someone who has wronged you does not minimize the excuse of the offense. Some of you might be hurt. Some of you might be, might be saying, Ninad, you know, it's, it's easy for you to say all these things, but you don't know the kind of pain. You don't know the kind of the, the, the frustration and, and the many years of regret and, and bitterness that I've had to carry in my life. Well, I, I may never be able to comprehend the amount of pain that you guys have gone through. But I want to tell you, if you have decided to follow Christ, it is still the right thing to do. 
See, because forgiveness is not based on your feelings. Forgiveness is a decision. Can you say that out with me? Forgiveness is a decision. And not every time we feel that we should or we must forgive. But forgiveness takes place when you make a commitment to God that no longer will you hold on to the offense of that person. Forgiveness takes place when you make a commitment to God to no longer hold the offense of that person against them. Because when you make the decision to forgive, even when you don't feel like it, though the emotions and feelings would rage in your heart, you remind yourself of the forgiveness that you have released over the situations and over the people. See, because sometimes when you make that decisions, even when you don't feel like it, that's absolutely okay because you're still doing the right thing. Eventually, your feelings will catch up to the fact that in your heart, you have forgiven the people. You have forgiven that one person. You have forgiven the, how the situations panned out in your life. You know, after listening to this, there might be a tussle or a nudge that is going on in your heart right now to fully apply these truths in your life. But I just want to close out with something that we have to continually remind ourselves as we walk on this journey of following Christ. We can only express forgiveness to the level of our understanding of forgiveness that has been modeled by Jesus. See, we learn to forgive much because we have been forgiven of much. And, and I love it that Paul, in one of his writings in, in the book of Colossians, he's helping us understand this and not just listen or read it, but practice this on a continuous manner. And this is what he says in Colossians 12 to 15 from the New Living Translation. It says, since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves with tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Make allowance for each other's faults and forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, some, so you must forgive others. I want to read this again. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts. For as members of one body, you are called to live in peace and always be thankful. Celis, I just want to tell you, don't let anger control you. Don't be fueled by, with hatred and revenge for the wrongs that you have experienced. Maybe you find it hard to forgive and let go because of what has happened to you cannot be put in words. But today I believe God wants you to experience the power of forgiveness the way you have never experienced it before. Jesus died for you on the cross for your freedom and has also set you free from every bondage. And that includes anger. That includes fear. That includes resentment. That includes bitterness. That includes hatred and many more. But tonight, as we are talking particularly about anger, I also want you to know this and understand this. He has forgiven you of every sin and has offered you a new way of life. 
If you want you if you want to experience this for yourself, you can start by giving your life to Jesus if you have never done that. But for those who have already given your life to Christ, you can really ask God for a fresh experience of forgiveness which gives you the strength to forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. Forgive and let go. Don't let anger get the best out of you. Don't let anger bring out the worst in you. God wants you to set you God wants to set you free from that emotion of bitterness and that anger. And if that's you, if you want to experience the power of forgiveness in your heart and in your life, I want to pray along with you. If you have never given your heart to Jesus, tonight can be your night, even as we pray this. Why don't you pray along with me tonight? God, I want to thank you for this time. I want to thank you for everything that has come, everything that I've heard. Jesus, I choose to put my trust in you. I believe you have set me free and you have set a new life that I can experience once I I accept you as my Lord and as my savior. Help me to overcome this emotion of anger. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. We're so glad you've been listening in. If you'd like to know more about us, follow us on Insta at @zealouspune or visit us online at zealous.community.